Now, one of the topics here at Highway Africa um, is uh, the digital sphere and also how radio is changing in this space. And earlier on, I spoke to the moderator of the section that looks at making the case for the democratization of the digital public space as it pertains to digital radio, online television, uh, public media, and of course, a second screen. And you'll hear more about that uh, from our guests. And uh, the moderator for this particular discussion was uh, Kwame Ahibenyu, who's executive director at uh, Pen Plus Bytes. Uh, and um, also a panelist on that particular segment is Alet Skun, who is also a researcher documenting the daily mobile practices of South Africans. The impact has happened already for a lot of uh, users out there. They, use, they have not seen the radio set before, literally. Uh, if they consume content at all, it have to be on mobile or on certain devices. However, for a lot of uh, segments of our population still, they tend to look at radio as a key mechanism of connecting uh, to policy makers to understand what's happening in their society. And more importantly, they rely on radio a lot. So for me, radio is not going to die tomorrow. However, it's changing. It's changing in the sense that today we have digital radio, for example, which is still radio, but the mechanism of broadcasting has changed. It's not relying on the short wave that we used to know. However, it's using digital. So for a lot of people out there, radio is very key because, uh, as you mentioned, some people don't have access. And if they don't have access, radio becomes the mechanism that they can uh, access content, information, knowledge. Uh, for some people, a TV set is still a luxury. And once that they can afford that radio is still cost-effective, it's still available, and still going to have a long life to come. Mm. Uh, so you talk about those who don't have access, and I'll speak to Alette in just a moment, but uh, traditional radio, from your perspective, how will that continue to thrive uh, with the digital advancements currently being made? two ways. We're still going to have radio as we have it. So we're going to have people listening to radio, uh, using the radio uh, preset as we know it. Now we're also seeing that content is being distributed using digital means. So people are listening to radio on devices apart from radio sets. So again, it means that the cost of maybe transmission has reduced, which means that you can have better quality at some cost-effective uh, way than previously, which you need resources to transmit. So for me, digitization is a two-edged sword. There are mm. some good parts and there are some negative parts. And we need to rely on how to ensure that we reinforce the advantages, leverage the technology to advantage. And some of the challenge that comes with it, we need to see how we can overcome them. Alit, uh, so we have this uh, uh, the digital explosion, mm. as it were, and radio has always been seen as a very powerful tool, and that will continue. But of course, while uh, things are being digitized on the one hand, we still have the struggle of those who actually do not have access uh, for various reasons, amongst them affordability. But as someone who has done research um, with regard to people who uh, do not have access, just explain to us, you know, how this uh, digital divide is impacting on consumers of radio who do not have access to digital. Uh, well, actually, with our research, we looked at beyond just the digital divide. Because I think in the past, uh, people have just looked at kind of separated those with access and those without. 
And what we found is, you know, now the latest figures from 2017 say that 53% of South Africans have access to the Internet. But the kind of Internet they have access to is very different. So the, the people that we looked at, the less connected are the ones who do have intermittent access to the internet, but they don't have the, you know, always on streaming internet of the wealthy. They have intermittent uh, access to the internet, maybe, you know, uh, mainly on WhatsApp, for example, with, you know, when you do have some data, you can go onto Facebook, you know, maybe once a week or something like that. And um, what we found is, uh, you know, people have, there's a huge amount of mobile phone uh, access, increase uh, smartphones, particularly amongst young people. But what happens is because of the high cost of our data, I mean, you have to remember South Africa, our data is more than 10 times expensive, for example, compared to India for, uh, you know, a gig bundle. So what happens is that people um, you know, can't afford to go on the internet and radio because of mobile phones, having that receiver built in, in some ways nearly becomes more important and more accessible because you know you give someone a, a mobile phone um, and then they have radio. It's one of the things that people do, particularly in the rural areas where people spend a lot of time walking, they listen to the radio on their headphones. One thing that we found, though, is what's interesting, which with the mobile phone ads, is that there's more of an interactive uh, element. So you find that's the second screen thing. So I actually interviewed a young woman who was an avid uh, follower of a SABC radio program. And what was really exciting for her is that she could, on WhatsApp, communicate with her friends. And sometimes even, uh, you know, with some shows, you can communicate with the actual studio. And that, uh, you know, added a real element of interactivity. And, and, and that's extremely interesting, um, especially also from uh, the perspective of, you know, how people listen to the radio, because you talk about the built-in um, receiver. But are we not seeing that um, as uh, the technology improves and uh, the smartphone market, for example, uh, are they still building in those receivers or are they now uh, something that you need to download on an app? Because I'm just wondering if that's something that you looked at. Uh, well, we didn't have anyone specifically. Maybe Kwame, you can yeah, comment. So, so some companies are still offering inbuilt, yeah, but Apple and some others, uh, high-end smartphones, will not have inbuilt receivers. So I think for me it's important that we don't have, we don't get to a stage where you can only have an app because an app means what internet. And when you have uh, to listen to radio and there's no internet and you have to rely on app, then you're cutting those group of people out of the space. So for me, I still want to advocate for inbuilt receivers, mm. even on high-end phones, because you may be in some part of uh, town or a village and there is no access. With an inbuilt receiver, you can still listen to radio. However, without an inbuilt receiver, that means you cannot have access. So I think for me, we still need to have an inbuilt. But it uh, comes down to technology, uh, yeah. to, to, to the economy, doesn't yeah. it? Because mm. it's all about making money in yeah. the end, and mm. everybody's looking for ways in which they can mm. leverage. Mm. Well, um, actually, that's a very good example. I think, you know, um, Africans are choosing 
the companies that are actually um, catering for our people. So um, I've been speaking actually to some Chinese researchers who've told me about uh, this phone is not particularly popular in South Africa, but on the rest of the continent, a phone called Techno, yeah, techno which is yeah. particularly, it's huge on the continent, nowhere else, even in China, they don't know about it. But they've designed their phone particularly for African markets to ensure it's a smartphone, but it has a really long battery life. So they designed it for people who don't have access to power maybe all the time. And also what they're um, currently busy doing, which uh, I find fascinating also, is that they're harnessing artificial intelligence uh, algorithms to expose, uh, you know, for black skin tone on photographs. So people look good. Uh, because, you know, the, the history of photography is a racist history. Uh, so they're kind of correcting that. And I think well, that's that's absolutely yeah. fascinating. And so just to also add on to those phones, there's Techno and Infinite. What they also do is that they add touch lights, which is basically somebody who doesn't have electricity. That feature of having a radio, that feature of having some power and ability to even charge a second phone using a device becomes very important. Mm -hmm. And they all have dual SIM cards yeah. because, you know, what happens, you're in a rural area, there's only one, uh, you know, provider, you, you move to another place and, you know, all your friends are on another network. Mm. So. But what's very interesting about what we've just been discussing mm. is that all of this is happening on a mobile device. Mm. So, so, so what happens to the traditional, you know, FM, AM receiver? What happens to that in this digital age, Kwame? still going to be there. I mean, some people are still going to have the radio because they want to have that device that they can turn on, look at it, and yeah, play. But uh, we have to realize that there's progress. Yeah. Formerly, a smartphone cost so much in dollars, but today, as you mentioned, the techno infinite is getting cheaper with more features. So for me, yes, uh, at one point in time, the device called radio may not be in that form. It may be something that when you go into your kitchen to be part of your refrigerator or your microwave or somewhere in your house. But it's not going to be that standalone device, which is only beaming content from radio stations. And I think it's going to be a exciting future because we still have the ability to do so in different forms. So I will not uh, emotionally get attached to the devices getting out of <laughs> the picture. But once we have that functionality, I think that's quite important. And, and then I'll let you, you, you touched on the cost of data, of mm. course, uh, you know, to access uh, more than just uh, the uh, receiver part of radio. Maybe there's something else you want to listen to uh, that is produced online. You know, uh, what has your research shown in this regard? Is there an appetite for people to access anything more than what is available on those devices? Well, I'm actually collaborating um, on a study looking at um, podcasting um, with uh, my colleague Jean de Tui, uh, Dr. Jean de Tui. And, um, you know, something that um, she's identified is that, you know, that what's happening with the different access that we have to the Internet is that our um, population is becoming more stratified. So with podcasting, what's happening is that there are, um, you know, people producing podcasts, but it's often for the extremely wealthy. Uh, and then they would, um, for example, subscribe via iTunes. So people are making, and this, there's kind of more of a stratification so this, in some ways, it, it's you know touching on your issue of the the economic, uh, the importance of democracy, and you know having a space where we can all talk together. That is in some ways being somewhat endangered 
um, by the internet and also, you know, particularly in South Africa, our incredible divide uh, in terms of people's access to different kinds of internet. Um, so we've also actually, I've spoken to an Indian colleague and that's also happening um, very much in India. So you have, um, for example, Bollywood, which is very popular and is, I think, the biggest film industry uh, in the world. Maybe Nollywood has overtaken it, I'm not sure. Not, not at all. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, what's happening is that uh, those Bollywood films are very popular with uh, the ordinary uh, Indian citizen. But uh, what's happening is that young people are now coming and producing, uh, you know, learning from those Bollywood studios, but they, they want a different kind of content uh, for, the, for the middle class. So they're producing kind of these slick, high-end, you know, Hollywood-style um, comedy where they kind of speak to this world that they live in, the kind of clash of the tradition and the, you know, the modern, or maybe not the clash, the remixing yeah. uh, of the traditional and the modern, you know, so how, mm. which is a very different way of being. And those things are being taken up by uh, commercial YouTube channels, by, you know, providers like Amazon, and people are making money from that. But, but, but how does South Africa compare, for example, to an India, to a Ghana in terms of that uh, democratization? Well, um, that's actually, I spoke to a, a colleague of mine and, you know, we have a very good um, funding basis, for example, for feature films. But I think we really need to develop more support for people developing YouTube channels, developing shows that really have the potential to, to go somewhere. I mean, YouTube uh, is one of the few internet platforms where it's quite easy to monetize your content. Mm. Uh, so we don't really, we have some up and coming shows, you know, we have a, a particularly in terms of comedy uh, that deals with particular South African contradictions. Uh, also, you know, around wildlife, we have some very popular YouTube channels and, uh, but we don't have the Nollywood and the Gollywood that really are huge industries in, in those countries.